0: Welcome to podcast this escape the podcast where we talk about the escape room that we escaped from in the previous episode of this podcast congratulations bradley and amanda you did it woo We did it uh, uh yeah. I, you guys did great i i that was so much fun to listen to i think you did very well you 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 found the right clues you you looked at, i how do you feel you went did you enjoy playing through the room
1: that was a lot of fun i really liked uh, how it was all laid out um I was worried I would get mixed up, but, uh, the layout was, it felt really fair and I'm, uh, I'm really happy with it.
0: Oh, wonderful.
2: Uh, Are you a drawing person? Did you draw a map for yourself? I had to. (laughs) It was required.
0: You told me
1: to draw the map. There's no other way. Thank you. You said you can go ahead and draw a square. I drew a square instantly.
2: I appreciate that. Some people still don't. I say I want a map and they just draw dot points. Honestly, the fools. I did
3: not I drew my square retroactively because I <laughs> I am such a crappy drawer. I know that whatever square I would draw first, I would not be able to contain everything inside somehow. <laughs> so gotta... I drew the stuff first and then the square around
2: it.
0: A <laughs> yeah, novel assume, if it's
2: anything like my drawing, it just ends up being a lot of rectangles and then like two circles, one for the lollipop, yeah. one for Sarah. I everything had many
3: lollipops in the in the thing, yeah, yeah. Well, as well, you should have.
0: I feel like I always lose confidence when I'm drawing a map partway through, where I start by drawing each object and thinking, "I'll remember what that is because it looks so photo real." <laughs> Look at this. Oh, obviously, that couldn't be anything but a cabinet with melted chocolate underneath. And then I just start labeling everything halfway through, like, "No, I'm not going to know oh, what yeah, this like square everything. is compared to that square." I was so confident. Uh, I you, you guys did really well. That was a lot of fun. I did the playtest for this room recently.
2: I got to say the biggest thing I noticed, Billy was doubtful when doing the playtest whether melted chocolate key mould was intuitive enough.
0: That's true. And you guys are doing it before <laughs> you it even is. had all the parts. <laughs> so I was proved incredibly wrong. Validation. I just thought, who's going to think to make a mould... Out of a, out of these things to get kicked. You were chucking chocolate all over the place. You were trying <laughs> it's to like mold, I was
2: desperate
0: to that child. Trying to mold chocolate into other chocolate to have a double chocolate mold. <laughs> uh, so clearly it is. I wonder, like, I still wonder how common it's going to be for people to do that. Clearly it works. Like, I just wonder if there's someone out there who's going to be like, why would I? That's not. That wouldn't have the structural integrity to perform as a key under pressure. <laughs> uh, it's that's made that's of the chocolate. Problem. That's, uh, that's an issue. And surely the mould wouldn't be that accurate, just made out of chewing gum.
1: You'd surely you we have to mess. kill and fire this chocolate. Just, just
3: don't get engineers to play it and it'll be fine. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's it. We'll put a notice on the room, no engineers.
3: No engineers allowed. They are much like chocolate vendors, they are barred from this winning is, golden tickets. Yeah.
0: If this your knowledge too whimsical
3: of, for engineers. To... <laughs> if your knowledge of
0: moulding is any better than having watched the opening credits to Conan the Barbarian uh then you cannot do this room
2: uh, uh, quite frankly if you have uh, if you are an engineer with such difficulties with the realism of this room i just don't think willy wonka and the chocolate factory is for
3: you <laughs> that's
0: probably true <laughs> oh
3: i like uh, that you i'm gonna get my narrative nerd on here but like i like that you started in the candy shop like like part of he's like oh we don't Get to play one with the with the in the factory or whatever, but like so many people just want to start in the factory. I like that you're like, no, 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 no. First, we got to find the ticket. The thing then, is, then, uh, and I, I, it really sets the mood <laughs> and the tone and everything. And I'm, I'm looking forward to listening
2: to the rest. See, the thing is, for me, in that 1970s movie. The most exciting parts are everything before the Chocolate Factory. The Chocolate Factory itself is hilarious, but you get a million characters and a million stories before that opening day. It is phenomenal. It's one of the best build-ups, right?
3: It's like, you only hear about the Factory. It's like, I think... What is it a good 45
2: minutes to an like to you get to, anything you get story, actually happens in the factory? You get the story of a woman whose husband has been kidnapped and the ransom is her case of Wonka bars and she <laughs> says how long will they give no. me to think it over?
0: That's right. I, <laughs> so, I I do think I like it probably took a lot of self-control for Danny not to have an entire room centered around the teacher. In the in Charlie's. Uh... Do you oh, remember oh his God, teacher?
2: teacher? I gave him a little. He has a mini cameo, uh, uh, just as your boss. When I said your boss uh... dismissed you, and then undismissed you, and then redismissed you to go and find chocolate bars. It's the
0: most subtle yeah. reference to the movie in the entire script.
2: I I, I love that character so much. <laughs> yeah, really, if this was a ten episode
0: arc, I think two of the episodes would be set in that classroom. <laughs>
2: Yep, um, yep. <laughs> one doing weird chemistry and one working up percentages.
0: That's <laughs> true. Uh, so did the two of you have any, any moment during that room that you, that you felt the smartest or that you enjoyed that, that really sort of clicked what for What made you? you feel good? Amanda, did you have a, a, a moment that really hit home?
3: I think I think the one I had the false moment that hit home when I was really sad that six twenty five wasn't an answer, oh. mostly because of the level of ecstatic that I had right before it, and then it just like. <laughs> but I think you we go. can agree that making the key mold was. Um, <laughs> I I I think I maybe got a little overwhelming with my enthusiasm <laughs> for that.
2: Uh, <laughs> yeah, you got you you assumed wordplay before the actual wordplay puzzle. <laughs> yeah, it's like describing it all. Yep.
1: An avalanche <laughs> of realization.
2: Yep. <laughs> and yeah, Brad, how about you?
1: Uh I really liked the being able to get the 6 to 5 part. If I if inspiration good. hadn't struck me, then I could have been staring at this wall of chocolate bars for like an hour. That-
2: That was great. It was you who noticed there were four chocolate bars. there. yes, I was so worried because you had like
0: you had like a false start on that puzzle where like straight away you went six to five. Those numbers are on the chocolate bar prices. There are a couple of things that start with six and end with five. That can't be it. I'll move on. (laughs) No, wait, no, come back, please. No, you you had the right idea. Um, So that was that was very interesting to listen to.
2: but you got it. The most fun one, I think, for us to listen to, and it was the same in the play test.
0: It is wild.
2: You said, those uh, Italian flag chocolate bars, first and ninth in ad. Which to us, on our end, yeah. knowing what the answer is, just sounds like you've just said the answer. It is
0: wild. Once you, you know the got solution, it. you literally, yeah, as soon you can't as you- cannot hear you, it, right? Yeah, as soon as you found the chocolate <laughs> bars, you're like, okay, well, the red, white and green ones, yeah, they say first and ninth in ad. Okay, that's interesting. I wonder what that means. And- and I did the same thing because I I solved it during the playtest. And you, I will say to your credit, absolutely demolished me on that puzzle. I spent a good like fifteen minutes going first stand ninth in add ninth stand fur add in in first stand ninth infer. Do you infer standing on a ninth? What is going on with this part? How do I do this? Do they all have the same number of? That? I was so lost. And but the same thing. I was reading it out, and Danny was like, "Well, you've got it. Like I've just heard you say it, so I'm sure you'll get there." It took me so long to to understand I what I was doing. I will
3: admit. So like for those who haven't listened to our podcast podcast, um uh, <laughs> case, uh yes. my 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 coho my my co host and friend, uh Errol designs puzzles and that is uh, that has been a go-to for him so the very first time I had was confronted with that puzzle I'm like I don't understand your stupid words and then uh and then eventually I got it and and so when I when I saw those
2: like it's one of the first things I go to now and mm-hmm. I, I, <laughs> that was actually really interesting because you did say it you said I wonder if it's one of those ones that you slur together but even then I would say it took like 10 to 15 seconds after that before you got, wait, no, that (laughs) is sort of what it is. Mm. Yeah, yeah. It's like I doubted, and then I was like, oh, no, I'll go back to Mm. it, yeah. So, yeah, (laughs) even with that idea in mind, it's not always instantaneous, which is very interesting to note. Mm. Now, I want to talk a bit about you guys. Uh, Do we have anything else to talk about in the room itself? Oh, I'm
0: sure there's plenty of stuff to still talk about in this room. I thought... Uh, the, the jelly puzzle is interesting because I think you, you you sort of got quickly that you probably didn't have the answer to that song, uh. like what can wriggle through the dew, yeah. and, and yeah. I was a little worried you were going to get caught up on being like, wait on, this is a riddle and we can, and we can fully solve this as to what um, – because it is one of those ones where and, – and there are a few cases of this where you find the, the puzzle and then you go off and you have to look for the thing that allows you to interact with that half of the puzzle – so, like, that riddle is not really solvable hugely. Like, it would be a bit wild for someone to be like, wait a minute, is this the, is the answer here going to be baby snake ring? Um, so, uh, so and and I thought you did really well at, at noticing those moments about mm. being able to see something and think, this is going to be a puzzle that I can't solve that's yet.
2: That's true.
0: And I think that's a that really interesting skill that, that, that takes a long time to develop. And I think when we've had guests on who are not so used to puzzles or escape rooms. That I think is one of the key th- things where people fall down is they'll they'll get they'll look at something and they'll think this must have a solution, and they'll spend ages and ages doing something that can't be solved because they haven't been able to recognise that it probably doesn't have a an immediately doable solution.
2: And that's a hard moment because you don't want to overly hint, but you also don't want them to feel like they've just wasted twenty minutes.
0: Yeah, right. So so I feel like that is a skill that that the two the both of you had which I think doesn't get a, doesn't get noted much when people talk about puzzle-solving abilities. But I think the the ability to recognize when something probably has a second part is incredibly important. Um, and I don't know yeah, if you... Yeah, and I think the only you... nudge
3: that we really had was like uh, like Danny, for instance, said, I don't think you've looked at everything yet. Uh, or mm. like there's other stuff you can look for. And so, uh, okay. Because I, I, the only reason I came back to that riddle was because I thought we'd gone through everything yeah. and we just had nothing else but to stare at these words and i was like yeah but it is a really important it's one of the first it's one of the most important things as you get to doing more escape rooms or even just puzzle games where it's like okay let's let's put this to the side for now there's Mm. probably something we don't have and uh and trying to convince new players like when i play with my family And they're like, no, I can solve it.
2: I'm like, you really can't.
3: I'm not saying you're dumb. I'm saying they're literally hiding the answer or the key to the answer somewhere else.
2: (laughs) It it can be a funny balance sometimes of being worried, like, is it possible for them to solve it without doing all of the clues? And then trying to figure out, because when you're so used to different levels of puzzles, escape rooms, usually you don't have to do much of that level of inferring. Usually you will find Mm -hmm. the answer somewhere. But yeah. then you have experience with the tougher ones like puzzle hunts. There are not going to be extra clues. You just have to search and make assumptions and get to the right answer through wildly. Oh, puzzle hunts are like, wild logical I'm sorry, clues. <laughs> and they run off. <laughs> yeah. You have to reliably. make sure that you're getting on the same wavelength as the creator sometimes.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It is. Well, I was actually just thinking, I think, um, and look, for people who are listening to this episode now, uh, there will be spoilers, I think. Uh, for some looker uh, puzzles and things like that. That was the tough like
2: decision to make, to make, how, so how vaguely so to be talking, because uh, I, I really want to talk about I think it. I'm going to
0: talk about some specifics, so please play that game if you haven't please. played it. Please. Um, I think the looker has a, a good example of this quite early on, uh, where you, you have a, a puzzle, you're setting up the people can go through mazes, people can go through mazes, and then you have the unsolvable maze fairly early on that requires you to actually go round the back of the screen, find the word, start, connect it across to end or the other side and ignore the puzzle completely. And I remember playing that and having a similar moment. Of I spent a long time being like, there's got to be something I can do to solve it. It seems unsolvable. Can I do this? Can I do that? And, and the moment to solve that puzzle is to learn, is to accept that it cannot be solved and to try and look for some other solution. Uh, so i think that's a that's a similar sort of thing to this right being able to tell when puzzles can't be solved uh is that something that like you in in designing that and putting that together was that did you think it would be very obvious immediately that people would say oh can't be done or like do you get worried watching people sit there and be like how do i solve it how do i solve it if you've watched other people play it
1: there were a couple of puzzles where that was the intended effect um well, it was kind of a, a reference in its way to The Witness, too, hmm. um, where there's a puzzle early on that you go up to and you have no hope of solving it. Um, I think like cracking cracking the cryptic, just sit down and they just sat down and solved it, though.
2: I feel like um, I may have yeah. done that as well. <laughs> I know the one you mean.
1: But it's interesting that a certain subset of players will not give up on a puzzle until until it's solved, even if there are clues elsewhere that are building up to that Um, I was thinking of it it mostly in terms of the um, puzzle upstairs in the castle uh, next Mm. to the tower where there are all those symbols and Mm. you're supposed to go out into the labyrinth and learn a little bit more about those symbols but um, a lot of people will just be like oh there's there are six factorial solutions I have to try this is ridiculous
0: (laughs) I can't Ooh, believe they just had a puzzle like this, and and expect me to sit here and solve it.
1: Yeah.
3: <sighs> yeah. What's interesting about uh, like the 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 looker is that when I was playing it was you know you you weren't necessarily sure what you were gonna get next in terms of like there was some building off another one but sometimes the puzzles had to do with like well you're just gonna have to do this kind of manual thing to figure out and then sometimes it was you're gonna have to notice something about the environment around you in order to get this puzzle and so it was kind of fun to try and figure out like okay there was still like a core base of rules there right like Mm. can't can't go across the black line that was a hard and fast rule right so when you come Mm. up again spoiler alert but like when you come up to like the one puzzle where there's just like a big black line across the middle mm-hmm. and you're like, well,
0: how am I going to do But it is true because I think like, and, and it was something that we were, I think, pleasantly surprised by when we were playing it was we knew it was a comedy game. We knew it was a, a poking fun and in a, in a friendly, love, nice way at the witness. And, and so you don't know whether or not it's actually going to be good in terms of puzzle design, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like, You think, like, is the joke going to be just that, oh, are puzzles silly and they're not going to really be puzzles? And I think it was very refreshing to see that, like, there is some really smart and really fun puzzle design. But it is also in that element, like, an homage to The Witness, which I think when, when we talk about puzzle design and we talk about how to teach puzzles and how to teach through play, like, The Witness is a shining example of they don't tell you anything, they don't, like, you just start... You just start going, you find the basic rules and it teaches you new rules purely by being like, the old rules aren't going to cut it here. You need to learn something new or you thought that would be a solution. It's no longer a solution. You need to now figure out why. And it's such a great like masterclass of how to get people to engage with puzzles and how to make them look at, okay, well, what am I missing? This can't be done. What have I not seen? And and start to pull in those aspects. And I think the looker it
2: absolutely, captures the same feeling in those yeah.
0: Uh, in terms of being able to use those same devices to be like, you've learned it's a maze. Ha ha ha! It was a funny little maze. Isn't this easy? Now we've now I've made it harder, and now I've made it impossible, and you have to figure out some new element. And now I've added symbols. How are they confounding your maze drawing? It's like, and it, it was it was really nice that even that progression of learning the puzzles felt like an homage to how the Witness teaches you how to learn a puzzle, and it was done very well. So that was it was. Nice to see. I feel like I had a point at the start of this, but it just turned into praise. I thought it was going to transition <laughs> to something interesting. I'd just like to say it was very good. I was very It was very fun to play through.
1: One of the things that play with that is I'm reminded of something I heard in an interview with Quentin Tarantino one time where he'll make all these genre films and there'll be a twist. It'll turn it on its head. Uh, the thing he said, though, was that when you're doing a deconstruction of, of a genre or something, you still have to deliver the goods of what that genre what fans of that genre are going to Mm. try and get out of it. So Mm. I knew they would be like silly if I just made fun of puzzles and if I didn't have any respect for puzzles and just told jokes the whole time with no like real gameplay engagement. Um, Then puzzle solvers would go to that game having played the witness and they'd be like, Oh, this is, this is goofy. I'm not interested in this, but the fact that the comedy is actually taking place through puzzles that are fun is i think what makes it work
0: yes you're right it it is exactly that is exactly it it's it's still a puzzle game even though it's a parody of a puzzle game it's not a parody of the idea of well it is a parody of the idea of puzzle games but it is not like anti-puzzle it is not like Mm -hmm. aren't all puzzles dumb wouldn't you hate to solve these it's clearly made from a place of of love and i think it is a very good example of how to put puzzles into your games and how to to make them work and there's some really clever implementations in the same way that the witness had all the clever implementations of its basic structure uh and even then like being able to do a puzzle which is not a maze but it is still drawing a line from one place to another and i'm i'm thinking now of the um the art uh puzzle which is very simple but it's just like you've drawn a line and and it continually adds a, a reason that you were wrong. Oh no, no, you didn't do that quite right. Oh, it needs mm. it simply needs more loops.
1: Like it was. <laughs> it's it's now it's, you it's have like, too many loops.
0: Now, oh.
3: I I was really dumb with that puzzle because like I kept getting the same thing. Yeah, now you have too many loops. You still need more loops, and I I didn't. I wasn't putting it together because I was also watching, very good designer. You had that garbage can filling up, and I noticed that each paper, like they didn't just disappear. They it was like filling up. I'm like, maybe it's the garbage can all along. Garbage can. <laughs> and, like,
2: it was not, in fact, the garbage can. Yeah. Um, and the respect for puzzles and coming from a place that is good for puzzles, I think, didn't. We talk about there was a review somewhere that just said something along the lines of: "If you like The Witness, you will love this game. If you hated The Witness, you will love this game." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I I think it's, it's, um, a, it's a good way to be able to draw in both. It's astonishing.
3: One of the things that I like about it as well, and and that I like about Escape This podcast, is yes, it encourages. Us, us. Yeah, I'm marrying the two together again. Look at that. Uh, I'm it. it it's. It encourages what I consider to be my personal way of solving puzzles, which is just trying things. Uh, mm. And it's I, I play with friends who are very much a I will stare at it until I get the perfect idea. Oh, no. And then we've and had then, this and discussion a lot. And and, and it's, it's fine because they, they are puzzle solvers. They will. But I can't. Do it that way, and so um, I'm going to mention the one that we mentioned it before the podcast since we're doing all spoilers. It's the uh, the beep puzzle, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, where I was, I looked at that maze and I was thinking, like, "There's no way out. There's there's no way to the end." Well, you know what? I'm just going to start drawing anyway and kind of see what I can. Mm. And then you hear the first, like, you hear your voice come out and go beep, and I was like, <laughs> "What is this?" And it's it's the It's like just trying things and then suddenly making a little discovery and your little experiments. I love solving puzzles that way. Just like, trying crap until something happens or like logic it out as you go and i think that's what's great about escape this podcast as well is that you know you know as much as you say danny like you know i'm not i'm not an improver and that kind of thing but you will let people try things out right you will you will <laughs> let them go wild with ideas and and that's often how things get solved i just uh, desperately hope i've written a note for that one but
0: it is true i think danny with this room, you had, I think, the the best example of that for this room is the is the silliest puzzle, the key mold, right? <laughs> yeah. Where, as you can see, like it was like it's much harder to think. Well, I've got a key. There is melted chocolate on the ground. Let me just sit back and look at this situation and discover that actually I'm going to mold the chocolate intricate, right? That I feel doesn't happen. But it was only through that moment of like I think, Manda. Tried to eat some, right? It was like, I'm going to eat some. I'm going to interact with the chocolate. I'm going to put it on yep. my finger. I'm going to leave. And then he's like, okay, now that you've started interacting. And thank God I had a note for that. Yeah, it's like you're uncovering <laughs> more of the of the facts of this puzzle. You're getting more of the, of the actual situation, which is you now have the new information of when that puzzle, when that chocolate leaves the sun, it very quickly hardens. It becomes quite hard. You know, Bradley was like, well, let's test it to see how hard it is. Oh, this is like... To, you could use this to do something. It is not pliable. And so it, it was that same feeling, right, of like you have to play with the things to get the actual information you need to solve the puzzle. I think the beep yep. puzzle is a perfect example of that as well. It this... is at first glance cannot be discovered because you do not have the information. And it's the same feeling of you should – an experienced puzzle person should be able to look at that and go, well, this cannot be solved. I need more information. I have to start yeah. pl- pro- poking and prodding. Because without that, I cannot get to a solution. I think Cracking the Cryptic, when they played, had a bit of that issue where they spent too long staring at it, being like, yeah.
3: hmm, yeah.
0: hmm, <laughs> now what, hmm, how would I figure this out? And it wasn't until they started playing where they, had, where they finally decided there is literally no way to logic my way through this, so I'm just going to start, oh, now I've heard beeping. and And so... Uh, it's the same example as, as we were talking about earlier. It is knowing when a puzzle can't be solved and finding more information.
2: We have had this discussion a few times quite recently because this is a difference in our play styles, me and Billy. When we do things, I am a lot more of the sit and stare type and try to figure it out. And it's been a problem with playing things like Escape Simulator because Bill's just <laughs> walking around them and I'm starting to feel sick because I can't concentrate and there's just movement happening. Yeah, and
0: I can only think by being like, no, no, I have to just start poking everything. Oh. I can't just stop. That's crazy talk.
2: That said, was, there are some things, The Witness and The Look are both actively... Like, it's... It's like Hades where you're rewarded by di- with dying. like whenever you die, you get a reward. Whenever you try something and fail, it teaches you. It is trying yeah. to teach you that way. and it just is a lot more obvious that way. Mm. But in most in a lot of puzzle situations, you don't get rewarded for your failure attempts. And I think yeah. that just yep. me- that just must be something about where I've come from in puzzles. Where maybe it was because I was always a solo puzzle solving child, always so doing always doing everything on my own as a Buy kid. So there was never problems. anyone to bounce ideas off of or to get feedback from as I was doing them. You just had to get it, do it, then flip to the answer section and see if you got <laughs> it right. If you the
0: right one. Turn the page upside down and read the <laughs> answers at the bottom. Uh, oh. no, yeah, I I really I really enjoyed listening to you guys play that room. Um, you you did very well. There was a lot of stuff that uh, you did much better than I did when I was trying to playtest it. Um, do you think, Danny, like, was there anything major that changed from the playtest into the final product? I don't think there was. No,
2: absolutely not. There was just adding more fancy chocolates to the chocolate bar rows oh, because that yes. was, initially there were only the ones that were $6, dollars yeah. twenty six pounds so, 25 or whatever, and so that was immediately guessable. Yeah,
0: I, we we noted that, like, the originally it only that had four chocolates. They were all six dollars something. They were the six twenty
2: five, six oh five, and I didn't solve it yeah. straight
0: away. Well, I went and saw the sign that said open six to five, and I went oh six to five, great. Look but as
2: soon as I said it out loud, Dim, in the playtest, I started making a note to myself yeah. saying this is not going because to work.
0: It was also the case of if you just looked at the four numbers, like, well, there's only one number that's different every time. Let's just put in those middle numbers uh and mm. it right. was a bit too obvious without needing to solve it you could just kind of look at it and be like that's probably the answer four numbers four you numbers, it, four it's, yay! numbers yeah. it's like it's just put a four it some white
3: noise four. around there yeah. like, exactly <laughs> just
0: tried to hide them so it, you couldn't just look at the numbers and think wow well, well i may as well just try it see what happens but mm-hmm. so
1: yeah without even know, needing the sign
0: exactly, exactly right you could have just seen what are the only thing that's different here um and so we, I believe that's really the only change is we just redid that picture. Exactly. Um, it was that, that it was and originally
2: similar. the sign said like open hours six to five and we just got rid of the word hours because it wasn't helping or hurting. It wasn't yeah. doing anything.
0: Yeah. I think it said opening hours or open hours and, and yeah. I, I think it was like, oh, if you just make it open six to five, I think it feels a bit more like a, the concept of open is attached to the concept of six to five. you want to open a lock, it's six to five. It's made it maybe a little bit more of a, of a puzzle. As very tiny on, difference.
2: But yeah, that was it. Beyond that, it stayed pretty much the same.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And I'm interested to see where this goes, because obviously this is a parody set of rooms. And
0: yeah. woo, we um, all know parodies are never. That I, good. I would like to know yeah. what <laughs> the songs what are, are gonna, gonna
3: be. Oh no. <laughs> <What are we? laughs>
2: yeah, I asked Billy um what things haven't been included yet in the ones he's play tested that he feels it would be strange to not have, and so one of the things was, oh, more songs.
0: Yeah, we do do really more songs. I'm expecting room two to be just a full room taking place in a laundry uh, while a woman mm. cleans clothes slowly with a stick and sings Cheer Everyone's Up Charlie. Everyone's
2: favourite moment. And
0: remember, everyone, that's a moment everyone loves, where his mother goes, Cheer Up Charlie, give me a smile. <laughs> What happened? Wow. To that smile I used to know. It's so excited, so cool. Everyone's so invested. She's just washing clothes at the end. So invested.
2: Yeah. I, I need to go back and just look at some timestamps of this movie. At what point do they actually get to the factory?
0: They get there's ten minutes left by it that point. It takes
2: a long time.
0: They walk in the factory at an hour and twenty. Willy Wonka just quickly kills four kids and then the movie's done. Yeah.
3: <laughs> such a long song, too. It's like, so condescending to your kid. Like, cheer up! Yeah, I know we're poor, but come on, poor, but just come on poor and smile, starving kid. and Nothing's going well in
0: your life. <laughs> just be happy about it. Well,
2: that was the funniest... I don't know. It's not that funny. It happens all of the time in media, especially young adult media. But just the fact that in the book, Charlie has a dad and the movie <laughs> just went, all right, what can we do? Dead. Dead dad.
0: Now he's yep. sad. Look at that sad kid. <laughs> <laughs>
2: this is the only explanation for why they're poor. <laughs> uh,
0: well, I, I think there's probably not much more to talk about with the rune. Do you have a, other stuff you want to talk about? Dan? I
2: definitely want to talk about more the looker. I want to talk <laughs> about its like creation process. Tell me ideas. Tell me what you started with, how you grew this thing.
1: Yeah, I mean, I was there was some point at which I was working on another serious business project uh some kind of prototype and it was just getting like so far away from me and the scope was creeping and it was getting completely too big for me to finish on my own um and at that point i just started writing down like what's the worst game i could make what's the what's the (laughs) dumbest idea i can think of for a game and i was playing the witness at the time and um i was just making myself laugh be like okay what if uh what if it was The Witness, but like everything's a Chili's kids menu that you just free draw in like Microsoft Paint. (laughs) Um, At that point, like yeah, I just immediately thought of the end puzzle, the dignified obelisk of knowledge. Um, (laughs) Because I even remember playing The Witness being like, I wonder if that's going to be one of the shapes.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Because well this was one of my big questions about it is how much did it start from the little things or how much was the big final puzzle wi- the starting point and then the rest was just building towards it because it's one of those ones where you start out you're doing lots of little puzzles and you have no idea that it's all going to interconnect and that everything that you've done to manipulate the environment was that important.
1: Yeah, it was just a uh, a joke to myself at first but like as it started accumulating funny ideas that made me laugh. I was like, oh, I have to prototype this.
0: Yeah, and look it worked out. I mean, the jokes in it as well. Like the the witness is a fantastic game. It is a phenomenal puzzle game. It is also so ridiculous and so like <laughs> like the the moment of having that first um the, the audio logs, like the audio log parodies of, you know, you find the first one, it's an ad, it's a, it ends up being a, just a radio ad and the next one, like, was was so good because there was a moment in The Witness where, you know, you start listening to these audio logs, and you're like, oh, this is interesting, I wonder what this is going to be about, and then you're two or, two or three hours into the game, you find a new one, you're like, alright, I guess I'll press play, you ready for... 15 minutes. Legitimate philosophy that when doesn't we really st- connect to anything. When
2: playing The Looker, finding the first audio log, pressing play, and your voice comes out and it is at first the nice, normal, serene, very witness-like voice, it gave me some like flashback dread. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, um, I think I think the reason things like that um invite parody so much is that um Really, the witness is you have to have the other half of the conversation with the game because it doesn't really tell you, it doesn't really give you hints or clues or um, it's not very gregarious about the way it interacts with you. Mm -hmm. Um, One thing I like about this format of podcast, this escape, if I can flatter you again, is (laughs) is that it uh, allows us to have like a little extra closure about describing the room, how it went, what we felt while we were playing it. Um, and you don't really get that at the end of The Witness. You're sort of invited to keep <laughs> musing on sort of what it means to you and what, the, what the audio logs mean, th- mean to you and what's trying to be said. Um, so I think it's it's definitely cathartic to people who either really enjoyed The Witness or really didn't enjoy The Witness that at least they're able to know that somebody else played it and somebody else had some of these experiences. Mm,
2: definitely true. It was absolutely like that, to see it get played. And every time you get a laugh, it is a, that's so true laugh. Yes.
0: Yeah. The the slow uh, laser opening just keeps (laughs) keeps going. And it's like, yeah, I get it. I get it because I know that feeling. I felt that feeling. I felt the, oh, what's this doing? Oh, uh, there it it goes. It was, if you have watched the Cracking the the Cryptic uh, Witness playthrough, it was very fun to see him walk up the stairs, see that thing, and go, ooh, speed camera! And then, and then walk because he decided they were speed cameras. Um, but yeah, it it really it really was. And I think that is true. I think there's uh, that feeling of of it's so relatable. It's so, like, we, we get it. Like, you don't need to have the jokes be like, hey, look, this thing's going to be slow. It was just so funny because we all felt it, right? Like, you've played The Witness. There's so much that you... That you knew was a bit silly or a little bit uh, an annoying, or little, and it was nice to see those in pop up and just it—it it was like a feeling of validation. It was like, yeah, okay, I get it. Everybody felt we did all feel that way, did we? We all agreed that that was a little bit too slow, uh, or that was a little bit uh, kind of pretentious. So, but like it—it's it, just—it's—it's it's a great. It is look, it's just good. If you if you're listening to this, you should have played it because we're told you, I warned you, about, I warned you about the spoilers. People home. <laughs> Yep. So I hope Spoilers you all enjoyed plenty. playing it. Um, yeah, it was, it was just, it was great fun, uh, and like, so was this room, Danny. Oh, Good thank work. you. I
2: like that. It also, yeah. invites the other kind of nostalgia, not just very recent. The Witness nostalgia. You get all the other games in there. You
3: get a mini game oh, of every kind. Oh, the number of games with the pretentious audio logs. Like, I like listening, and I'm someone who likes listening to pretentious audio logs in <laughs> games. Where I'm like, uh, where I go, I'm like, all right, tell me, tell me about the state of the
2: world and what it oh, means. to I be I lose it at that. Um, and yeah, but yeah, I'm just thinking like, I freaking love playing Snake.
0: Yep, playing playing uh the the Snake game in the middle of the Looker was great. Oh,
2: that uh, was stressful for a moment.
3: Sh- it and was because then, like, then I'm like, I'm... "Where's it going to appear?" Ah,
2: <laughs> how do we do it?
0: Uh, how do I just do it.
2: stretching the memory from 17 years ago when it was all you had.
0: Mm, true, I've uh,
1: I've revealed that yes, I did own that uh, indestructible Nokia phone that had snake on it.
0: <laughs> exactly, um, and but it there was also it was also a really good way to think of like. Like, when you're breaking down games and when you're breaking down puzzles and when you're breaking down things, to be able to see that, like, even though this was a game about drawing lines from one end of a picture to another end of a picture, that's a fundamental gameplay mechanic, to be able to note that, oh, you could do that and it could give you the same conundrum that playing Snake gives you, which is how do you avoid running into your own tail? Yeah. Right. Like, can I fit through this gap to get that piece of fruit? They were fruit, right? Those tiny black squares? I were don't know. They were meant to be, no, meant to be what something? A snake? Mice, I guess. Little little immobile dead mouse. I don't know. It was a was pixel. Eating. But like, to be able to note that like, that that issue, that that problem, is not inherent in the the control scheme or the mechanics of or the pacing of snake. It's a separate issue of if a line exists here, can I make sure I have enough space to get around it? Can I plan ahead with my movement? Yeah. To give myself the most degrees of freedom, and that was also a problem that exists in drawing a line, uh, and so that we could have the same feeling of snake with absolutely nothing being the same in terms of input or pace or speed or like all those other elements stripped away. I thought it was a really, but yeah. it was still snake. Yeah, it was. It's just a really I, good like. I ended up
3: having a very thick black box because I just kept around the edge, <laughs> just <laughs> yeah. to stop refusing to go any further. You know?
1: <laughs> yeah it I was really happy to be able to translate those mechanics. I thought mm. that was interesting um do it for snake do it for an on rails shooter yeah, oh, do it for chess was so i was hard. i i put it
2: oh, that more, was good i like that
1: I put more effort than uh, i can reasonably justify into making that uh chess puzzle which is a legitimate made in three puzzle
2: um, that was amazing that, yeah it worked so that worked well. if you
1: what I liked about it was that um, you could solve it as a chess puzzle, and white has only moves um, or you could solve it just as a um, as a, as the line puzzle following all the rules where there's a unique solution even though there are multiple starts and ends mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, it just yeah. And it and it works it worked really well. I think it was such a good example. I we could talk about the looker for a long time. And- yeah,
2: but again, I think that puzzle's a very good example of as you are solving it, you you very much get the sense of, damn, the creator clearly put effort into this. They knew what they were doing. <laughs> I
0: think that was the moment during our playthrough where you stopped and went, Oh, it's really nice to play a thing where you can see that someone's put lots of effort into it. <laughs>
3: so, uh- <laughs> Did you have a favorite puzzle that you designed? Ooh. In there?
1: I think I think the puzzle I was most proud of from a design standpoint was the, the cannons one.
3: I Mm. love, I was going to mention that one too. Very satisfying.
1: The reason I'm proud of that one in particular is because it, it almost could have been in the witness. It almost could have been because it was related to perspective in such a way that um, it could have been a, like an interesting concept that just follows in the footsteps correctly um in a way that i thought was interesting and people seem to find satisfying i mean some people found it satisfying just on the level of like the the cannonballs feel really good when they hit the ships
0: but you're right i think that one that one i think for me playing through it that was i think the point where i stopped and i was just like this is like very well designed as a puzzle game or as a witness, like because it was, it was like now we are dealing with environmental stuff and perspective stuff and it, and it is different and it was, I think that was like one of the points to me where I was like firmly like, okay, yeah, this isn't a joke about puzzles. Like this is, this is just smart. Like this is just well put together. And You I'll... could put that in any puzzle game and you're right, that could have been... Exactly the same, except instead of S and E, just a, just a just a line that you had to draw, you could have had that stock, like take that canon puzzle, put it straight in the witness, and nobody would have noticed. And what nobody I would I have been find... like, oh, what is this weird puzzle? <laughs> like it was just a great example of that type of solving and perspective shift. It was uh, uh, very good. And what I find, I nice
2: <laughs> I really like it as a great example of a thing to look up to when it comes to puzzles as a format and as a medium for getting things done. Like the idea of puzzles can be a medium for funny is amazing, mm. and I really like that, and I really hope that we get to do more just in the puzzle world with that. Like, what am I doing? I always say I don't, I don't know how to make puzzles. I I just like telling stories, and I just happen to have chosen these puzzly rooms as my medium for that. And so to be able to say, great, puzzles can definitely be a story medium. Puzzles can be a comedy medium. I want to see where this goes.
3: Yeah, last year, um, Errol did his cryptex hunt, like his puzzle hunt thing. Mm -hmm. And they decided to base it on like those internet memes you see. So every, every puzzle was like a different kind of thing. And my favorite one was, you know, those ads you see for like, someone's in a house and it's blocked off and you need to pull... A, a pin out that oops yeah. you let the lava oh, yeah. in on them oh yeah. yeah so one of them designed <laughs> a puzzle based oh, on that no. and it was like so like it was so funny for me <laughs> it was like a great little parody and I was like yeah puzzles puzzles could uh could be funny too it's great mm.
0: all right well I think we should end that there as an episode anyone it was else?
2: yeah anyone else got anything that we desperately want as a talking point before we do the wrap upy stuff.
1: Doesn't I just want to like thank it. you again. I just want to thank you again for having me on.
0: Yeah, look, well, it was a pleasure. It was, it was a pleasure have... on my part too. Lovely. It was great to have you. So, thank you again, uh, Bradley, Amanda, for coming on. Uh, thank you, Danny, for running the room. Uh, Brad, if people wanted to see more of what you're doing, to look at your other games, to look at anything else, go where? Where should they go? Where should they find Brad on the internet?
1: You can find me on bradleylevel.com or you can look up uh, the Looker on Steam.
0: Yes. I mean, look, you should have played it already. We've given you too many spoilers. You'll, but I'll tell you what, if you haven't played it already and you listen to this episode, you'll still enjoy it. Go and play it right away. Like, just did go I mean, and do
1: it. Did I mention it was free? It's free! Oh, yeah, everybody. yeah.
2: Oh, damn. We should have been saying that the whole time.
0: I'll put it in in, the, in post. It's in <laughs> free,
2: free, 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 free.
3: Oh, yeah.
0: I'll, I'll give myself a few reads. Free. Free. And it's free. And I'll I'll just edit those back in.
3: That, that should have been, like, a, a poster on the wall or something in the candy shop. Like, play
0: The Looker. should have been the Open so
2: the, the right bar and Matthew Martin will open his factory to you for free. Like free. The Looker. Like The Just Looker. like The Looker.
0: <laughs> um, and uh, Manda, you're working on some narrative design projects at the moment. Where can people see stuff you're working on, things that are coming out in the future?
3: Righto. Well, you can, uh, well, you can go to my website, mandawinney.com. I need to update it desperately, but I am going to be (laughs) doing some design, uh, posts, uh, soon. Uh my life's been pretty busy right now. You can also find me on Twitter, Manda Manda Whitney. Uh made it very easy for myself. And then I am um every Monday evening on Twitch. Uh I have my name is ManPans on Twitch. Every Monday evening I have Mystery Mondays where I play a mystery game of some nice. sort. And uh usually f- uh fail miserably at it uh, but it's it is great fun so yeah i will i will be updating i'll be updating my website i, I will do it
0: i will um, well uh that was lovely thank you again for coming on and thank you everybody for listening if you wanted to help support the show you can always sign up to join our patreon Anybody at any level can appear as an NPC in a room.
2: Oh, yes. Obviously, we have Matthew Martin, who is the Willy Wonka-esque character. Thank you so much. And also for this room in particular, Sarah Wilson. Thank you very much. Oh. Uh, singing Candyman.
0: <laughs> That's you. Look, this is the arc you want to be in for, because this is, seems to be the first time that every single character isn't... A, either a villain or an animal, so you're doing, you're doing you do it. You'll do well. Don't you know that. I mean, maybe Michael, you're all well, villains I don't animals. know.
3: Willy Wonka is not exactly the most up and yeah. up kind of business yeah. owner, yeah.
0: you know. He is. He is just a horse <laughs> in a hat. I'm assuming that's the point you were making. Um, So thank you. There's also uh, bonus episodes for anybody who's a $5 donor or above, so you can listen to the playtest audio of me trying to solve this room uh, and us trying to work out some of the puzzles and change things around. There's also Two Minute Mysteries, a series that we do there where we try and solve Two Minute Mysteries written by Donald J. Sobel uh, and try and figure out what they're going to be before reading and then seeing if we're disappointed when after we've read it and try and solve them
2: and a whole bunch of other things like going through some goosebumps give yourself goosebumps adventures there's
0: there's new bonus episodes every week uh, and there are badges for ten dollar donors and a whole bunch of other stuff and it's just a way to help support this show and solve this murder and other things that we make uh so that uh, we can eat food while making podcasts so thank you for everybody who supports us over there all right i think we're done I think so. Let's all say goodbye like the end of a children's show. Bye. Once again, thank you guys so much, and thank everyone for listening. <laughs> no one said bye. You got know, song. No. Don't listen to him. No, no, don't, don't, don't listen to him. He
2: has no power over you.